This is the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel with Neil Fitzmorris, bringing you all the big news and even bigger views on Liverpool FC. Hello, welcome to another Poetry in Motion with me, Neil Fitzmorris. This is sort of the post-Man City slaughter uh, podcast, let's call it that. I'm joined by Paul Gorst. Hello, Paul. How are you, mate? I'm great. Fitz, big how, big how guns you? rolled out? Well, something like that. I think just grabbing around for a third, so I've plucked me out of it. Well, we've just been talking about the fact that you've just come into the job and in the position you're in now, and we could yeah. win the league your first season. No, I, th- I think I might have to just quit. Just have to quit. Yeah. Just have to leave then, to open the florist. It's like yeah. James left, didn't he? Champions League final, yeah. and then that's, that's it. That's what you all have to do. Just fade, fade to black, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Just like drop Mike oh, out. <laughs> uh, Kiva O'Neill's here again. Hello, Kiva. How I'm are you? First choice now, aren't you? I? are first. You're, not, you're, you're there all the time. First. You're the Fabino. First yeah. time on the team sheet. the fir- Fabino of the, uh, of the podcast. Season. There I am. Uh, do we call you Rita Sue or Bob? That's a difficult one, isn't That's it? But probably recent. That's a bowling name for those of you who are on Twitter recently. Who, who, who she sent a little picture there, and the three names on the screen it was you and your mum and your sister, wasn't it? Yeah. But instead of uh, having to, as you said before, instead of having to spell your name, it's just Rita Sue and Bob. I love it. Yeah, brilliant. Bit of style. Uh, all right, we're all in great moods. The smiles are beaming from anyone who's connected to Liverpool Football Club or, or who supports Liverpool Football Club. Uh, Kiva, the last time was only a week ago, just before the build-up to the City game. Um, trepidation, you know, it was the big one. What were they going to do? What? How were they, how were they going to come out against us? Um, all in all, a good day's work, wasn't it? Well, uh, we did touch on it, didn't we? In the last, we said it could go this way. We felt, I said, his head's said, falling off. You, you and said, and you said, someone's someone's in in line for a bit of a hiding. All right, it wasn't hiding in the sense of. It felt like that though, didn't it? I know they clawed on back, but I think we put that much into it. It weren't really. It was more of a consolation. Had Anfield, I think, a little bit worried, didn't it? When Bernardo mm. Silva scored, it was a good goal as well. You know, it just made us think. Oh, actually, we've got to watch our watch our backs here. We can't. You know, we did that slipping out of possession and... thing again and letting it go over to them, didn't it? And sometimes when that happens, you can you can see it's a nailed on. I think a clean score. sheet would have been glorious, wouldn't it? You would have felt like, well, yeah, we've absolutely battered them there. But you know, they're a great side, and you, you take... wasn't too disappointed that win. You'd win by half a goal, wouldn't you? You, you, would, you, you know, you take you anything. Take what you can, don't you, Gorsty? How do you feel it went, though? Because <clears throat> leading up to the match itself, how are you feeling? It was an interesting one because when Guardiola come out almost immediately after they'd beaten Southampton and he, and he had a little goal, Mane, didn't he? And so, someone must have shown him that because it was a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday, so he hasn't seen it on the telly or, or anything like that. Someone's come up to him on and with Twitter and said, "Pep, have you seen this?" And he's thought the diving little so and so. So when he said that, that was a little the mask slipped a bit because there was they always talk about the respect Jurgen Klopp and Guardiola, the respect they've got between each other. And then that that was like the gloves are off moment. And then uh, before the gang press conference... Um, Lost a bit of street cred with that comment, didn't he? I think. Yeah, and, and then Klopp had a little bite back about yeah. the tactical fouls. And then by the end of the week, they were all mates again. But, it, um, but they weren't really. Yeah, <laughs> there, there was a little bit of, of edge to it. And I thought Klopp said on Friday before the game, but the fans need to get in there and make all the noise they can. Everyone needs to be on top form, the players, the squad, uh, the playing staff, the backroom staff and the fellas selling the hot dogs they've all got to be on top form I wonder what the hot dogs were like, did you get one? <clears throat> I didn't know but if they were on top form I, probably I, I probably <laughs> he's probably out. busy weren't he yeah. Yeah. so and I thought the fans played the part to a man um, struggling to remember a Premier League atmosphere as, as good as that one I, mean, I know Tottenham was great the other week but this was just from the very first minute everything the people were doing was getting cheered everything the City were doing was getting booed and it really did seemed to put the frighteners on City and then as soon as they got the opening goal you never really felt like City were, were going to get back into it um, probably the best he played that first half probably the best he played all season and 
throw leaders here if the, the win and, and what a massive win that could be. Huge, huge win. They must hate coming to Anfield. They a, they've got a poor record anyway. But they must hate coming to... But I think, Eva, since that 5-1 drubbing they gave us when Manny got sent off early a couple of seasons ago, they've never really had had their way with us, have they? They've they've always struggled. I mean, last season they came to Anfield, it was a bit of a stalemate, a bit of a chest thing. Guardiola Guardiola famously changed his his style of play because there was a fear there. There was no doubt about it. There was a fear there. Uh, This time round, it just seemed... You know, if you look at it on paper... They, they tactically maybe had a little bit more possession or whatever, but it never felt felt like hard work, did it? No, I think it, it never does against Man City in a way. I know last season we didn't get the results we wanted, but we have pretty much, we are on paper, I think, the better team than them in terms of head-to-head. They haven't won at Anfield in... Uh, 2003. That's a long time ago. You know, they've had a lot of money pumped in since then and they still aren't able to win. Sergio Aguero hasn't even scored at Anfield. He's Man City's greatest ever player. So you think, yeah, I don't think Sterling's had a shot on target. Maybe that blocked the only shot one. You know, it just feels like, you know, the Liverpool can win this league by not dropping points to anyone else because I don't think this season, it doesn't look like they're going to drop them to Man City. I think when they go toe-to-toe, I think Liverpool always seem to prevail. We've seen that in the Champions League. Um, and I just think... You, you just feel on the back of Sunday that Liverpool are the best team in the league and then obviously these two are the best teams in the world right now so Liverpool are the best team in the world right now on the back of Sunday but we've just that, Liverpool have got to know that it's the other teams like the United draw things like that they'll, they'll slip up a little bit but I think in terms of head to head Liverpool have been better than City even you know even the other than that 5-1 I can't remember really feeling like oh, City have absolutely battered us or they're a much better team because you just don't feel that way now and if ever there's a team that can't bemoan lack of players through injury it's Man City I mean he had he had his chance he, he's got players there on the bench they're, they're, I mean he played at Angelo and, and uh, Angelino what his name is and he had he had a natural left back on the bench that he never brought after he's paid about 40-50 million for didn't he Benjamin Mendy yeah, it, was a, it was a strange one because obviously he had that serious knee injury and he's been he's back in and, and whatever but they could have they could have played Angelino against Atalanta in, in the Champions League in, in the week and saved Mendy for for that. I think I read a stat about the left backs actually. I think they played six different left backs the last six times they've been to Anfield, which suggests that that is probably a bit of a problem position for them, isn't it? Zinchenko never really convinces me, but um, the the one area you want showed up against Liverpool is on that left side of the fence because Mohamed Salah is obviously in that area, isn't he? And, um, he took his goal superbly well, didn't he? What, what a what a what a move! What a pass from Alexander Arnold! What yes. a cross! What a header! Um, as I say, I, I thought it, thought that first half in particular was probably the best Liverpool have played all season, and he picked up the moment for them to turn up because um, that now nine points between City and Liverpool is huge when you consider that Liverpool only dropped seventeen points last season. So City need Liverpool to drop more than half that just to get level pegging, and Chelsea and Leicester are in the mix, so. Um, the league, the, the, the league isn't won and Klopp will be the first to say that, but um, what a position they find themselves in, 12 games in. City fourth. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think that was the lo- the lovely little thing about it, wasn't it? Because yeah. you knew with Leicester and Chelsea obviously going second and third respectively, you knew that this was 
it made that game bigger, didn't it? But only the night before, really, because you had to wait on them results. And obviously, Chelsea and Leicester both won. And then it just it just made that game feel so much more intense because you knew that, well, Liverpool are going to be a lot closer if they get beat here. But then, you know, winning, that would have been an extra incentive, knowing yeah. City are now fourth. No wonder Guardiola lost his head a little bit because he would have knew they were fourth now. We're not, we've, they've, by getting beat, they've opened up the race almost yeah, Liverpool yeah. are far in front but they've opened it up now they're battling another it's not just a two two horse race they're looking over it? their shoulders yeah. you know, well they're not they're looking up ahead yeah. you know I think they'll probably I think they'll probably get top four but, um, <laughs> uh, it's, um, fancy them, yeah. but let's look aside of all that you don't win these games particularly against Man City you do, we, we just discussed it before we were on an airport you very rarely see City even on the odd games when they do get beat they're always bombarding the goal it just didn't feel like that bombarding the goal. It felt like we had a control. Now, you, you, we talked just before in the last pod about about the, the chances of Oxlade Chamberlain. He'd done enough. He'd done enough to get in there because we. But boy, Henderson just proves you wrong time and time again, Donny. And that's off. And I will fully admit I was worried when I seen Henderson's name on the team. She just because he has that feeling of being a bit slow. But that, that midfield three were just extraordinary. I mean. You know, the game by the scruff of the neck was taken by those three, wasn't it? And I think they very much kind of uh, set out the blueprint for the victory. Yeah, I mean, Henderson, Henderson's a big game player, I think. And fair play to him because he missed Genk with illness. He didn't say it in, in the open tra- training on Tuesday. Um, His fitness levels must be extraordinary, mustn't he? Yeah, and it, he missed that because he was sick and and he wanted to play against Genk and, and Klopp left him out. So for, for him to basically come off a sickbed and put in a performance like that. Okay, he only played an hour, but what an hour that was, I mean, particularly for the, for the Mane goal. He just grabbed the by the scuff of the neck, didn't he? Charged down the line, swung in a brilliant cross and, and Mane sticks it away. And I mean, I suppose at, at this point of his career, I think it was his 250th Premier League appearance. He's only the sixth player to do that for Liverpool in the Premier League era. I suppose at this point, if he's still got his critics, he's probably never going to shake them off, is he? But I think... More people than more people recognise what he does for the, for this team than don't, um, and it was a, it was a great performance from him and Genie Van Alden and Fabinho who is just growing and growing every week. What what a player he he is and how important is he to Liverpool now? He's he now he, he's he's in that role now where it's not a choice of your midfield three. It's Fabinho and and who's and whoever play with goes him. with him. Yeah, he, he's well class defensive midfielder. Incredible. I think we've got to shake off this, like you said, the Henderson thing, because I was, you know, in the build-up, I was thinking Oxley Chamberlain over. I just felt like, you know, he deserved the start and he's been sc- he scored four, hasn't he? And I just felt like, yeah, because you do have that little doubt with Henderson, and I don't know why we have it. I think we just need to get rid of it because. Well, I think to be fair, I think Henderson's Henderson's come on a lot as well. I mean, I think I think he had his he had his detractors because. He, he, he could be a negative footballer, yeah. but but that was a different lineup. That was a different. Yeah, yeah. He was now that he's got Fabinho and now he's got Van Dijk behind him. I think he feels he can push forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what they're doing. I think that's why they've made such great strides is because they're bringing up the best in each other. I mean, Wijnaldum was unbelievable. You know, and the three of them together. I mean, you just touched on that second goal. That second goal is one of the best goals I've ever seen. I mean, for counter-attacking football, the first goal, all right, from the, the you know the dubious penalty decision, which you've seen given, and if there'd been the other end of the pitch, we'd still be moaning about it now. But it wasn't given. But twenty seconds later, it's smashing into the back of the net. That second 
That second goal must have been one of the moments where Guardiola did cut to Guardiola. He has a sip of water and just sinks into his chair. Says something in Spanish, no doubt, quite derogatory or whatever. But <laughs> I think it was something along the lines of, what can you do against that? Yeah. Because that, you know, Trent with his weaker foot sprays that ball across. Robertson with one touch to settle it, one touch to bend that I ball I think in. The, the way it just went in though, because it looked like a City defender, they're going to get to all the defensive midfielders playing in defence you know are they playing now but it felt like everyone even was it Mane at the front it felt like everyone had the chance didn't it was it that one Salah Salah header and it comes it just, how does it get to him you like it's never going to get it there it gets to him by, because we've got just, we've got the two best fullbacks in world football that is on a dime you know when you say something it's absolutely it, it literally for, for it to bounce into, into his path as well just I mean you put it look look. every every footballer will tell you you put it into zones you can't put yeah. it on someone's yeah. head you put it into zones and the other half of a great ball is the person on the end of it because they find between each other he'll put it somewhere in a region that you think you can get to Fernandinho, as soon as pointed out, was you know he's he's millimeters away from touching that out for the corner, but that's mm. that's that's you can say about every goal, you know if if uh, Fabinho's was eight inches to the left of it, the post, you know it's it, it it doesn't matter, it swings and roundabouts in it. But the fact is, it, it was just for me, it was the speed, it was the pace, it was the control, it was the skill and the accuracy that that, that just made that a phenomenal goal. And let's not take away from Salah, he had to bend his head to that, and he and he he redirected the pace mm. of the ball past the keeper. It was just. It was one of them, one of them goals where you go. It, I don't think there's a team in the world at the moment that could have scored that goal, and I don't think there's a team in the world that could have defended that goal. I think Liverpool are probably the the best counter attacking team in world football, and they, they've probably been that for a while, really. But interestingly enough, we haven't really counter attacked for a while, have we? We've set up differently, haven't we? Yeah, but it doesn't happen a lot where teams come out and attack Liverpool, yeah. so they don't. They're not showing it every week, but maybe a couple of years back when. Teams thought they could get out Liverpool a bit more. You, you noticed it more, uh, but now Liverpool get it. It's more or less breaking down teams are trying. To, we have to. That's break why down I like teams playing now. teams like Man City. Yeah. They play yeah. that way yeah. because you know Liverpool are going to come out on top, even against the best or the best team in the world. Liverpool can get it now on the edge of their own box, and you think no chance, chance, and, and you look and you wait for it to. It's mad now. Sorry, I love when the opposition get a corner. Because I know yeah. Liverpool are going to run out yeah. now and it's going yeah. to be like the Red Arrows. You know, how many times yeah. have we seen that? Um, uh, so, I mean, you've seen it for the first one. City crying for a penalty and Liverpool go up the other end and, and within 20 seconds it's it's 1-0. And, and that second one, you know... There's a heartbreak of that you, second goal. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was a um, coming a massive time, didn't it? When City was still trying to get back into it. What a pass from Alexander-Arnold, as you say, with his weaker left. Andy Robertson and he was doing that all day yeah. they all were just pinging 50 yarders every time I watch Alexander-Arnold now I mentioned on a podcast a couple of weeks ago he's become my favourite player now just every time he gets it you just think he's just going to ping it somewhere where no one else has seen it and it's just going to land exactly where he wants it And you used to do that well yeah well yeah. Stevie interestingly enough and I, I know I've mentioned this before but I did LFC TV last year with, with, with Trent and, and they made a big thing of the fact that he's in Gerard's book as the, the next young big thing yeah. and Gerard tipped it a while ago saying this kid is something special and uh, boy is he living up to that that moment when Alisson pings that ball out to him that first touch yeah. right yeah. by the byline where he just brings it down and it goes on his wonderful kind of mazy run that almost resulted in a, in, in a Firmino goal good save by the keeper but he just keeps bringing it doesn't he well funnily enough you, you mentioned that I, I, I was fortunate enough to, to actually speak to Stephen Gerrard yesterday and I said to him about Alexander-Arnold He's the best player at the academy since you, which is like over 20 years ago. 
how good can he be? And he said, you've got to rephrase that question. It's, it's how good is he now? Yeah. He's, you know, any team in, in world football would have him at right back. Oh, easy. He's got everything he's you need as a fullback, right and then he's just an incredibly gifted footballer with, with the ball at his feet. Um, an absolute credit to the academy staff who've got him to this level, Jürgen Klopp, and let's face it, the city itself. Um, fantastic. Can't speak highly enough of him, to be honest. Incredible, it's great to win. I mean, I know it's old fashioned, this and it's an old kind of view, but I always loved hearing Scouse voices in a Liverpool kit at the end of a football match, whether it was Gerard or Carrigan or yeah. whatever. It's always great to hear. It's just that it's that local connection, isn't it? That local feeling, you know. It's just it just it just makes the pride swell a little bit more when you've got a kid at the end of that at, at his age as well. Speaks very cleverly, speaks very eloquently as well. He's uh, he's the full package, isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. And then on the other side, you've, and got, you've got Andy Robertson, who's obviously Glaswegian working class lad, and obviously the first ever Liverpool team is made up of Scotsmen. We've mm. got an illustrious history with Scotsmen, and I think when we signed him, it was like oh, a Scottish player. We didn't know what he was going to become, but he's become that's, now. You know, that's got to be. I mean, I, I think I'm right in saying I think Klopp didn't know much about that sign, and I think he has admitted that he didn't really know anything about Andy Robertson. And you've got to take your hat off to 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 the to the decision maker, who turned round and said, "That kid, bear in mind, we just slaughtered them when he was playing the whole at Anfield. Yeah. You get relegated and then just pluck him out." They've obviously known about it because he, he was he was touted as being something special in Scottish football, wasn't he? Yeah, well, it's I think a lot of that is down to Ian Graham, who's the director of research, and he works under Michael Edwards, who's the director of football, and it's, it's all analy- analytics and numbers and number crunching and. Um, apparently they, they use stuff that companies like NASA use to, to determine certain things it's amazing so he, he actually said last month that Andy Robertson's his favourite player because of how they were able to unearth him he'd been relegated with Hull and no one really thought that he could cut it in a top club but they looked into the numbers and thought you know what he, he can so massive credits have got to go to, to everyone who, who had a hand in that deal because he's Europe's best left back and he was knocking about to Hull and Birmingham and whoever else before he pitched up at Liverpool and remarkable for him as well And you, when you think that I mean he must have thought you know when you get relegated with a club and then get a phone call to say Liverpool won't you he must have thought all his, all the planets have aligned but amazing opportunity for him because if you think if he'd have gone down with Hull stayed at Hull maybe gone somewhere else in, in, in Championship football you're talking about a completely different life you're talking about mm. a completely different future but he's been brought here and I think it's clear now to, to every, for everyone to see that the, the coaching ability of, of, of Jürgen Klopp, the encouragement and the coaching ability of the staff at Liverpool have turned him into a into the world-class player that, that he may never have become. I think it's a testament to him as well because obviously they've done... They've looked at them numbers in that kind of money ball way, haven't they? Mm. Looked at, you know, how many times does he pre- how many crosses does he put in? They've obviously looked and he's probably averaged out the best in the Premier League, the best of the rest that they could, you know, go for. And they've and then, you know, you you're hoping that the numbers are gonna equate to someone who's gonna be a great player, but that just seems like, you know, such a far thing. And what he's done has just been Phenomenal. And like, showed incredible patience as well, because if you yeah. remember when he came here, he wasn't given much of a chance. Moreno was keeping down, inexplicably keeping down a position. Uh, and he just bided his time and bided his time. I remember that footage of him in, and, and um, Danny Ings messing about in a wheelie bin. Yeah. And you think, you know, he was an outsider. He was an outsider getting his fun where he could, messed about in a wheelie bin with Danny Ings. Because <laughs> they're both injured or they both weren't being selected. And yet you see him now, and, and it, he can't be too far behind Fabinho on, he, on the on the team. Sheet. He said yesterday, didn't he, that he was he hasn't trained properly or. Yeah, he's, he's been he's got an ankle injury, yeah. hasn't he? So he's withdrawn from the Scotland squad, and I think he's still up in Scotland, but he will be back 
to to get that assessed possibly later this week. Um, so he's not flying to Cyprus, which is which is a good thing for a swollen ankle. Um, I believe he's still a doubt for Palace, um, which would be a massive blow, wouldn't it? Yeah, maybe a massive blow. I mean, you've got Milner who could come in mm. um, and at least fill in that and gets forward and bombs forward as well. So it's it's going to be the case now because the f- congestion is going to start now, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah. the, the games, we've got ridiculous set of games, haven't we? Uh, t- ten games between, well, nine, nine games across December and two in 24 hours. You're going to be yeah, a busy really. bee, Paul. No, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. You're going um, to guitar. Hoping to, not, we haven't actually sat down and discussed what's happening yet. But uh, one of us will be there. You might um, be playing. I know, yeah. I might, might bring me boots to Villa Park yeah, and yeah. see if I can yeah, get on the bench. Get a game for an, an aging uh, fat striker. <laughs> oh, don't do yourself down. You wasn't talking about him, so about uh, Daniel Sturridge. <laughs> no, what I meant then. We might just gone and nearly hit me in the face. So uh, I'm just going to look at the next six games actually, um, which are. Obviously, it's Crystal Palace at home on Saturday. Then we've got Napoli at home. Uh, Brighton at home. Everton at home. So we've got a lot of home games coming up. And then we've got Bournemouth away. And then we've got um, Red Bull, Salzburg uh, away. And then Wofford, again, another one at home. So one good thing about that, a lot of home games. Yeah, they're going to Austria. Palace is, is at Sellers Park on the 23rd. Um, but apart from... Qatar and Austria. Most of them games are at home, I think. Yeah. Uh, so that's not too bad. But it's a it's a hell of a schedule for for Klopp and his players. Um, be interesting to see what he does with the Carabao Cup. I think it might literally just be a team of the under twenty threes and the eighteens because the the seniors are going to be in Qatar, are they? Um, see, even now, because when you looked at it on paper from Man City to to Palace, it was a was it a ten was it a ten ten day layoff. So, um, a couple of weeks. It was, now, thir- it was 13, thir- days, 13 so. days, but yeah. of course you got internationals in between. What's the news on uh, Salah? Do we know anything about Salah? Salah's ankle. Did he travel with Egypt? Did he? He's, he's withdrawn now. Hasn't yeah, he? he he did travel. He was insistent that he travelled. Same as Andy Robertson. They both struggling with ankles, but they both wanted to go to their countries because they, they obviously love playing for, yeah. for their countries. But they've been assessed, and it was interesting that the Egyptian FA put out the pictures of Salah in, in the boot. I'd imagine that's just precautionary because he, he walked past us in the mix zone after the game and wasn't hobbling, he'd walk normally. But the fact that they put him in that suggests that they're just, just a precaution. But I wonder if they're compression boots for the, for the flights and stuff as well, aren't could they? Could be, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's the same as, as Robertson at the moment, rated as a doubt. Both got ankle injuries. But it's been troubling him for a while now, hasn't it? It's been over a month since that tackle at Leicester. Yeah. Is he, it the same ankle, is it? Yeah, it's the yeah. same one. He, he Fernandinho gave it a, give it a little yeah, bite it, as well, didn't that's he? That's what it was, yeah. He, um, he missed the United game because of it and got brought off against Tottenham, I think. Um, so it's been troubling him a while. So hopefully this little layoff will, will get that back to full yeah. fitness. Because of heavy congestion list ain't going to be a friend of a bad ankle, is it? Let's well, be honest exactly, with you. Exactly, yeah. And Liverpool could do with him on the pitch, couldn't he? Let's be honest. Just needs to keep scoring more headers. He yeah. just needs to keep his feet off it. Yeah, yeah. just yeah, rest your feet while you're playing the game. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's a massive part of of the setup, isn't he? And we're two defenders just by being on the pitch yeah. in the first place. Yeah. Um, I, I love Salah. I, I think Salah is probably if you if you ask me to name Liverpool's most important player, I'd probably still still pick Salah. As uh, much as you know, Van Dijk is the the main man at the back, and Allison's so important, and Mane, but. They're all, they're all big players these days, aren't they? Um, 
But I'd, I'd probably still say the Salah is the, the main man for Liverpool. Poetry in Motion on the Blood Red Channel. You talk about the City game again, talk about the, the, the role that the fans played in, in that match. Um, certainly by getting on, on the back of Raheem Sterling, I think. Was it Danny Rose has come out and said he, he never realised until the other day just how much stick Sterling got. Um, you know, part of that is part knowing that you're getting his head and he doesn't perform well. That, that's part of the reason he gets a stick. That, obviously, because of he, he, he left us. The comments saying he left to win trophies, isn't it? Always, it's always a bad thing to say. Uh, to, to, to departing fans when you're leaving the club to say I'm going here to, to be in a better club kind of thing especially when he was he was helped off quite a lot in, uh, with a difficult youth one by Liverpool sort of got him away from a difficult time and, and helped him through it so there is a lot of animosity there but they certainly get inside his head don't they when he comes to Anfield yeah and I think Liverpool's treatment of Raheem Sterling is nothing to do with how certain sections of the media have portrayed them over the last 18 months and we all know what, what I'm talking about don't we you know yeah. the, the gun tattoo and, yeah. and how that yeah. was reported Liverpool's dislike of Raheem Sterling simply just stems back for the way he left in 2015 which preceded any any of, of all that type of stuff um, Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool fans are very black and white on this aren't they and I think it's a fact that I always remember when I was a kid going, going to the cop and Ray Clements used to come when he was at Spurs and and he'd just get applauded all over the ground. Yeah. Any player who, who did a service for Liverpool Football Club and then leaves on good terms will always, always be greeted, always be applauded, and there'll always be a bit of time for them. You, the moment you, you, you disrespect the club and you disrespect the fans, you disrespect the shirt, you are finished. You are done as a player coming back to Anfield, and that's exactly what Raheem Sterling did. Yeah, it, was, it, it literally just does stem from the way he left in 2015. He, he come out with that interview in the April of that season, and... Basically said, was it broken promises? Was that what he was citing at the time? And then um, refused to travel to Thailand, I think, um, just days before he was sold. And that's, I mean, he, he will say his decision was justified and you could probably argue it was for, for all that he's won and the improvements to his game since. But um, Liverpool fans will always have that reception for him and, and it seems to work because he... It I does, mean, yeah. I thought he played well on, on Sunday, actually, but... You know they've been beaten three one and and they haven't come close to winning the game and um, he's yet to score around field and it, it it just seems to have a miserable time every time he comes back. It's not an individual thing to steal and I think Liverpool would treat look how the Suarez oh, yeah. the way he he'd been in the first leg so Liverpool fans greased greased them with that sort of you know the cop hostility and you know look what it done there the fans you know they know what to do and it's it's clever it's yeah. the 12th man kind of behaviour but it, I don't think it's not an untoward towards Raheem Sterling because secretly deep down a lot of Liverpool fans I know I am I'm, you're happy to see him doing well and obviously you know now would the, oh, no. well you know <laughs> I think just because he's a product of the academy and the club I know he come when he was a teenager did he and 15 I think you know you feel like what he's gone through obviously in the media and stuff so you do respect him I think and you know he is. He's Man City's best player right now. He'd have been an even better player if he'd have stayed. You were secretly there. hoping that he wouldn't become this player, but as soon as Guardiola went there, it took a little bit of time, and then boom, he just, you know, he went from a player who, who could miss from a yard, half a yard out, to a player who's just like become deadly, really, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think, I think you're right. I don't think about him at all. Full stop till he comes to Anfield, to be honest with you. But I, I can't. I have no time for disrespectful players. I have no time for players who. Um, who take everything to the club, give them, and then just say I'm off. Now, don't get me wrong. You can go. You can go. But if you want, if you feel like you want to, you feel like you're stagnating there, which 
which has never been the case. But if he felt like he wanted to go because he he wanted to win things, then that that's like you say, that's that's fine. But don't disrespect the club. Don't don't say that. Say that you want a fresh challenge, but don't say mm. I want to go to win silverware, um, because you've been back to the hill by this club. Um, you were brought away from a very very. Um, uh, a very destructive time in his life when he was a kid. He was he, he 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 was in London and he had to get away from certain factions in London and certain elements. Liverpool brought him up there to, to and really really looked after him. I just think, you know, it, it, there are better ways of saying I want to get, leave a club. Um, yeah, that, I think from his part and I know his agents had a lot to do with it at the time. Then the AD Ward, I think it was, it could have been handled a lot better. Um, I don't think there would have been too many grumbles had he handled it better and left. For City at the time, because Liverpool were, were nowhere near challenging City, Rodgers' side was struggling. But that was the way it played out, and that will always be his, his Anfield reception, I think. And it'll, it'll be particularly worse from the events of the last few days, because you know what got in his head, and it, it led to him grabbing Joe Gomez and you know all of that stuff that's kept them out of England's game tonight. So um, Liverpool fans will continue booing him as long as he returns to Anfield. Yeah, absolutely. It's an interesting thing, isn't it, that I noticed as well, and I've noticed over the last, I don't know, season with, with Liverpool, is is they can mix it as well. I mean, there was a couple of a couple of instances in the game where um, Trent threw a hand on um, Raheem Stale and pushed him into the sidelines a little bit, pushed him into the thing. Robertson with uh, Walker as well, and it reminded me of the of the Messi, you know. Yeah. Robertson pushing Messi they don't suffer fools at Liverpool no more they're not in awe I, I love that because I really genuinely feel now that these Liverpool players know their worth not in an arrogant way but in a don't you come here and think you're better than us way because you're not and it, and it really goes through the team doesn't it yeah I think that's been a, a, a quite a big improvement um, that not not many people would immediately get on to but I remember I always remember the Champions League final against Real Madrid Sadio Mane getting booked for a foul on Sergio Ramos where he exaggerated it Mane helped him up with a handshake, big smile on his face, and he's getting a yellow card, yeah. and you're losing the game. And you're thinking, no, the dark arts. The, called, Liverpool need to be doing more, more of this, this type of stuff. Little mean streak here and there, and they seem to have, have gotten that over the last year or so. And and that was evident when Suarez and Robertson had a little bit of a tangle around field, and um, just little things like that. It's just, maybe just being a bit more streetwise. It does does help when it's needed. I think it because I was at the new camp for the three when we got beat three 0 and, and I think there was a lot of bullying going on then. There was a lot of bullying the referee. A lot of decisions went Barca's way that shouldn't have. Messi seems to be pulling the strings a lot. And there was that story about Messi calling uh, Milner a, a donkey, a donkey wasn't yeah. it, in, in Spanish, yeah. and Milner had learnt it and understood that. And I think there was there was a bit of a turning point there because when they got to Anfield with the Robinson with Fabinho going through Messi and then him pushing Messi's head, I think there was a turning point there where which which springboarded the whole four 0 Defeat. I think where Liverpool sort of realised, hang on, we're better than this. We 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 don't deserve to be getting treated like that. And I think, like Paul said, it does. It stem from the Champions League final. You know that Ramos is the master of the dark arts, isn't he? And I think Liverpool. The good thing with the Barcelona game, we got a second chance, second bite of the apple. Yeah. So Klopp would have gone in and gone, you know, we're three 0 down, whatever. But let's, you know, over that that time between those games we would have looked at that and gone well what could have we have done in the final that we didn't do that we could do now to turn this around and from yeah, the off that, final, you we? know from the off we've done we we twisted it on them because you know Suarez doing them roles and that we, we loved it when he was our player but it's so painful to watch when they're playing against you and you know I wouldn't say Liverpool 
a rolling round in agony and stuff like that. It was more little subtle pushes in the back. And, you know, we've seen that against Man City and they were doing it to us, to be fair. I think it's, it is the way of champions. It's, it's a subtle art, but one that I think once you master that, I think that's, that was one of the missing ingredients, wasn't it, for Liverpool? And now yeah. they've, they've, they've got onto it through, you know, the, the working class lads, Alexander Arnold and, and Robbo. And I feel like. I think it comes with confidence. I think yeah. it comes with that. It, it, it's almost, it's, arrogance isn't the right word, but it, you have to have that air of, you're coming here, you're going to do it the hard way. And I think that's what, yeah. subtly and, and, and almost subconsciously, it's what they've all developed. And now they're at that stage where, you know, you, 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 they haven't been beaten in two and a half years. At Anfield, you know that that I mean it's way it's vastly superior to anywhere else in the football, um, and it, that comes with that you get that feeling with them there. You know the, you are going to get that extra little shove in the back, the old Tommy Smith thing, and it. You know you are yeah. going to get a bit of a clip in the heels. It's great to see, great character for the club. I think players like Milner and Henderson are important for that as well. Yeah. I remember when Liverpool played PSG last season, Milner thundering one in on Neymar early on, just to say, look, you're at Anfield now, and. and this is us. They mean, don't like it. Don't gets like the it. fans on side as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for years Liverpool were perhaps too nice and just a team of choir boys, but now they seems to have a little edge to them, and I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, if just just looking at cities, we've we've discussed Liverpool's next six games, um, which you would say the the Liverpool of old, you'd say there's the points. These are the games you're going to be dropping points against: Watford, and Brighton, uh, and Villa. Not Villa, Watford, Brighton, uh, possibly the derby, but. <clears throat> There's, there seems to be a resilience now and, and a way, a gritty determination and a way to win that we haven't had in the past that hopefully will see us through. Man City, conversely, during the next six games, the next game up is Chelsea. And during the next six games, not quite sure the order, you've got Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal and Leicester. And that was a massive, massive four out of six games. We've just found out that Bernardo Silva's suspended for mm. the Chelsea game because of his tweet. £50,000 fine and tweet for the, um, against Mendy. What? Which was his friend, and you can look into that all kind. That's an argument for a different pod. Um, but that, he's a player that they don't want to be missing, particularly against Chelsea. Fancy Chelsea's chances against that, and you could be looking at a real, real point shift difference between us and City. Possibly, yes. I think if you look at Liverpool, Liverpool played all of last season's, the rest of the top six last season. I mean, they've got thirteen points from fifteen. Unbelievable. City played two of them, and they've got one point. It's unbelievable, um, isn't it? That, that could be the difference. Say that it? again. Yeah. If, if, they, if, they, if they don't... They've got to now pretty much try and be flawless between now and the end of the season. It's a long way to go. 26 games. You're not going to win all 26 games. And I think, I think you know, if you look at Frank Lampard, you look at Brendan Rodgers watching that game, that's going to do them the world. They'll be looking they're, at the they're left. Flying, they're thinking, OK. And, and conversely, you've got Man City now. Uh, uh, you know Guardiola's head went uh, which we've seen remixed to a, a thousand disco beats uh, <laughs> over Twitter over the last few days you know he's going to be sitting there thinking there's, ne- there's blood in the water they can smell blood can't they Chelsea and, and Leicester are going to be at them yeah um, and there's a derby I'm, I mean t- Chelsea have, have shocked me actually I, when I first seen yeah. them this season I thought it's a massive rebuilding job they can't buy anyone they the main striker was in the championship last season and, and whatever. And Frank Lampard's done a, done a really good job, actually. He's getting to grips with it now. And um, I think they're playing City at, at the perfect time for them and for Liverpool because long term, I don't think Chelsea will challenge Liverpool, but City certainly will. So um, it's another huge game for, for Liverpool just to keep an eye on, as well as taking care of their own business at Sellers Park on, on Saturday. 
So that'll be if obviously we win and then they lose, it's is that twelve points then? Yeah. I feel like that could be insurmountable in terms of City getting back. I know they, they could go on to have a flawless we know they've got that in the locker, but I just feel like it'll just take the wind out of the sails. Yeah. I just feel like there's an invincible an air of invincibility that Liverpool are building is being chipped away at Manchester City at the same time. And I've said it I've said it once, I've said it a dozen times, but a man in the studio at the weekend watching that City game, Vincent Company was the man that would drag them, drag them time after time, would drag them through the areas they're in now, the, the difficulties, the, the problems off the pitch. The, he would galvanise and he would and he would bring someone. And the arrogance of thinking you can get rid of a player like that without replacing them is, is coming to bite them on the arse. And I think it, I think it needed to. And, it, and great for us. I think you're right. I mean, from the outside looking in, that seemed the strange one, just letting them go on a, on a free transfer. Basically, to go and be player manager and elect as if um, back in Belgium. Must, we must have the air of well, we can do it with anyone. Yeah, do yeah, it. yeah. I mean, Pep Guardiola's been accused of not putting as much emphasis on coaching the defender as he, as he has certain areas. And I suppose you, could, you, you might be able to argue that there's something in that. I know he spent big money on, on the port in, in the January. And he they've been unlucky with him and, and his serious injury. But I don't know why you'd, why you'd lose Vincent Company and not even. Think of replacing them somehow. Um, strange, and that, now you've got a defensive thirty-five-year-old defensive midfielder trying to play centre back, and it's. Um, I genuinely feel like that. Like I could be wrong, but I genuinely feel that there was it, it, it. There was an arrogance of believing that they just were too good for everyone else, and even the warning shot fired across the bounds last season by Liverpool, losing the league by one point, wasn't enough for them to go. Mm. I mean, nah. Surely you would have gone, hang on, this has been close. You know, the guy whaps a screaming in against Leicester to virtually win in the league. Yeah. And then they're saying, off your pop, you can go because we've got you covered and, and you ain't got them covered. And I feel like that was that's part of this uh, this Man City legacy. Now, it's not even legacy. Legacy is the wrong word for them. The attitude that City have, I feel, is that you're almost, it's almost uh, audacity to think you can beat them, um, which is why I love what Liverpool are doing because, because they've rocked up when City, we mentioned this last pod, City must have thought we've got five, six years here. We're just going to absolutely trample everyone, and it's gone. The, the, the distance has gone, you know. And now they're playing catch up. I think especially with David Silver, he's leaving next yeah. year, isn't he? You I can't know, see Pep staying much longer. I know you wouldn't know whether Sergio Aguero's going to stick around. He might want to, you know, he's, he spent a long time now in the Premier League. Might want to go and spend his twilight years of his career his elsewhere. Wife, wife still lives in Madrid, I think. With, with maybe, the you know, there's mm. some hints maybe return to Atletico. Um, and then there's been some, you know, little talks of Guardiola maybe being unhappy and wanting to return to Barcelona. You know, that's all he is saying. But yeah, I mean, you d- you don't know if 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 City lose all them kind of characters like they've lost company and they know Silva's going and things like that. I just feel like this could be Liverpool's moment now. This could be that moment when Ferguson got United, you know, eventually there, and they just are dominant. And this could just be now just a period of of success and pure domination from Liverpool I think there's no doubt that the intensity of Pep Guardiola I mean it must be draining I mean he's had so much success but even when they're winning it doesn't look like he's enjoying it and he seems pensive and worried and racked by anxiety and it must it must take it must take it out of you I think at the end of the season he might just be exhausted and just think I need a fresh challenge I mean We'd we'd love it, wouldn't we, as you know, Liverpool followers, to to see that happen and see uh, City, Liverpool's biggest rivals, lose their you know world class coach. But I I do think it does. 
just from the outside looking in, just looking at him, even when they're winning, he he still looks like he he's flustered and and furious. So it must must that take a lot. Transcends though as well because if you look at Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp's always laughing and yeah. smiling, and yeah. you feel like that transcends to the dressing it, room, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Absolutely and, does. Yeah. It and that's where we're winning right now. He doesn't look. Pep doesn't look like a happy man. Anyway, uh, decisions wise or not, but but more importantly, he's gone to Anfield and, and and got a spanking, and he's come away from that thinking. I mean, City in fourth is just an incredible stat, anyway, yeah. isn't it? Uh, and the others are there by minute. They're not lucky. Leicester are flying. Yeah. Thankfully, we've already beat them. We've got to go to we've got to go to their ground, haven't we? But yeah. thank, thank, thankfully, we've beat already beat them. them. Last gas penalty. Eight o'clock on Boxing Day. Yeah, it hasn't been changed, then, has it? Uh, no, it's still eight, eight o'clock. Would you believe your head will still be in guitar if you're there, Paul? <laughs> yeah. Gonna be that's gonna be so intense. That whole like Christmas has already always been yeah. the maddest, you know, the festive period. But this time it's like you know we're going to Qatar and well, back. And I can remember. I think last Boxing Day was at Newcastle when we won. We went ten clear, didn't we? Because at, at home to Newcastle, yeah. Because they got beat. I think they got beat by Leicester, didn't they? That day they did. Yeah, yeah. And then Crystal Palace was that back to back, weren't it? Did they get beat? They got beat by Palace on the, the day after Liverpool play Wolves. And then I'm not sure whether it was the same day, but they, they, then he lost to Leicester, yeah. But then he beat Southampton to 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 uh, get the the points back. Because Liverpool beat Arsenal, I think. But yeah, it's um. I mean, the the, the big turning points of last season, you could argue, was was the game at the Etihad when Liverpool was seven. It would have been ten if either one got knocked back back to four. And Liverpool should have beat Leicester, shouldn't he? Yeah. One 0 up within two minutes and, and ended up drawing. I think that that was probably and West the result. Ham, same thing as there, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But um, looking at this Liverpool team now, they, it's going to take something outstanding to, to beat them, um, and I don't know where where it's going to come from. Oh, I think it's only good, the only place it's going to come from is 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 is, is Liverpool's mentality, mm. and I do I don't feel like there's an arrogance to them, and I don't feel like there's a, this is in the bag to them. I think they're disciplined, they they're drilled. Um, and I think in a manager like Klopp you've got someone who even if things aren't going well the first 45 I've never known a manager that can influence the 45 minutes like, like like Klopp they come out a different team so we could even be trailing and we still seem to pull it out the bag I it think just that's, does you something. look forward to half time sometimes with Liverpool really do, losing yeah. all down you, you know like the Aston Villa game you go oh, well they'll go in Klopp will give them a, a talk and then they'll come out a different a different beast and that's been the way of it but I feel like this City game now has given us Back that you know, like the the two goals, quick fire goals, and just like we we'd won in the twelfth minute, really, hadn't we? And I, I hope that that now goes to the Crystal Palace game and beyond, and we just start battering teams again because <laughs> I can't be bothered with all this late goals. Like it's <laughs> it's, it's lovely drama. Paul's having Dear to Liverpool. do rewrites every yeah. every game. I'd just rather just you know four nil, three nil, two nil. You know, comfortable. Can we just get some clean cheats, get them behind us, and you know if we can see ourselves into the new year and past January third unbeaten. When obviously last year we, did, well earlier this year we got beat by City. I think you'll be thinking these are gonna be the invincible, surely. Like I just I can't. I don't know. When do you get to the point when you like it'll probably have to be the final whistle at the, in May, won't it? But yeah. you know this yeah, you this can't. team. You know if you're asked an Arsenal fan now, what do you, do you think of Liverpool's chances? They probably a lot of them would say you know. To emulate what their their team done that season. I think it's just the setup they've got. Liverpool's setup they've got is is such that if you set out to try and block them, the chances are you're going to come unstuck because they've got the quality. If you set out and you get an early goal, what do you do then? Because yeah. because yeah. you're going to get the onslaught, and 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 and, and that's one thing that the Liverpool are, are excelling in. It's like I said in in the last pod, and we'll, we'll keep saying it. I think the thing to do is to not look forward 
to the end of the season. But to just look forward to the next game of football that these people are delivering, these players, these exceptional players are giving us. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the message from Jürgen Klopp. And he'll say it every week now, from now until May, um, whatever's happening. And that, that seems to be the message from the from the players as well. That when we speak to them after the game, they're all saying similar things. No one's looking too far ahead. But I think as, as fans, I think they've got every right to, to revel in the position they're in at the moment. So I don't think... You'll get, you'll get people on Twitter saying, oh, the poor fans think they've already won it. They don't. No. But they're certainly enjoying the position they're in. And why not? Because it's the only reason you watch football, isn't it? To cheer on your team and you made up when they're doing well. So let's, let's uh, celebrate what Liverpool have done. Just so enjoy far. every single yeah. second of, exactly. of, of this incredible team. Uh, I was reminded of someone put on Twitter the other day uh, the, the 6 1 drubbing of Coventry many, many years ago, the 80s, that late 80s side. And you forget how good they were and the passing and the movements and, and this is what we've got now. This is this is the golden age of Liverpool Football Club once again. And, and uh, like I said in the last pod, just sit back, you know, kick off your shoes, sit back, put your slot your hands between but behind your head and just relax and, <laughs> and just watch this incredible game of football. So just a reminder, uh, you know, Palace have proven in the past to be a sticky wicket for Liverpool. Yeah. So Palace away. No foregone conclusion, obviously, no game is, but but the way Liverpool are playing, you've got to fancy us. Uh, and then Napoli at home, we can do Napoli at home and we've more or less put to bed. Yeah, that'll, uh, that'll make the trip to us a lot easier. A lot easier, yeah. won't it? Um, and then we've got these this this nice stretch uh, of uh, of home games, Liverpool-Brighton. We've got the Derby on the 4th of December, Bournemouth away, uh, and then we've got Wofford at home as well. Um, so, all in all, happy days, isn't it? No complaints. Well done, the Reds. A brilliant, brilliant game. Huge game out the way and done in style as well. Uh, showing the world, yet again, showing world football that we are the leaders of it and lovely being to, be, to hear things like Pep saying it's the hardest stadium in the world to come to and these are the best team in the world. It must stick in the throat, but it's great to hear, isn't it? But I think the wheels have fallen off a little bit, do you? I hope the wheels have fallen off. I hope there's a wheel bouncing down the mountainside as we speak. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but you know what? If the wheels have fallen off, it's down to one thing and one thing only, and that's Liverpool Football Club. Because this wasn't in Man City's script of a couple of seasons ago. It was going to be world domination. Hello. <laughs> Uh, and on that, that point your mic's gone listen thanks once again whatever you're listening to this really really appreciate all your support and, uh, and and your listenership right across the blood red board as well keep listening to all the podcasts they all are brilliant and they all uh, they all are very very positive for Liverpool and, and how they're playing thank you to Keeve O'Neill thank you very much uh, see you in a bowling alley soon yeah definitely <laughs> Paul Gorse thank you very much I hope you um, I hope you get to go to Qatar sir. thank you Neil yeah good luck we'll and, and a golden age for you pal I know, yeah. Maybe you're the lucky, maybe it's you. Maybe you're it, the lucky yeah. elements of Liverpool yeah. All you have club. to do is get rid of the Pierce years you know That's what it is. Pierce, Pierce, if you're listening, it was your fault. <laughs> uh, thanks very much, Paul Ghost. Thanks to Kiva O'Neill. This is Neil Fitz. Uh, I'll see you again on the next Poetry in Motion. You've been listening to the Poetry in Motion podcast on the Blood Red channel.